Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Praise the Lord and happy Thursday, everyone. Uh, tonight we are having our Bible study session with Button to Christ Ministries. This is Brother Sean, your host for tonight, and we are um, definitely going to get into the Word tonight. We're going to be studying, we're going to be wrestling with one another, and we're definitely going to be having questions and answering after we have our um, pastor, Pastor Saw, um, on the line with us uh, shortly. But before anything, I just want to say a word of prayer and pray that everyone else that is on their way to the prayer line will uh, remember to tune in. So let us pray, brethren. Kind and righteous Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your mercies and your kindness, Lord. Father, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Father, day by day, your grace and mercy, how Behold, it's it's always uplifting us, Lord. It's keeping us, Lord God. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you forgive us for all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, you are strong and right. And, Father, I pray that you correct our ways. Lord God of glory, as we come to dwell in your word, Lord, to read it, Lord, to abide in you, Lord. Father, we pray that we'll be on one accord and you'll draw us nearer by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that anyone that is on the line that is um, coming on for the first time or regardless of their, uh, their, 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 their taste in the word, Lord, I pray that the word that we study tonight will be edible, will be digestible for them, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you will hasten the hands of all those who are coming online, Lord, that we may all fellowship with one with another in these times, Lord. Father, it is expedient, O oh Father, that you help us. Lord, we need your word, just like we needed you to come and save us, Lord Jesus. So I pray, Lord God, that you will abide with us, Lord. Bless your dear pastor, Saul, Lord, as he is uh, getting ready. I pray, Lord, that you allow him to remember all his notes. I pray, Lord, that you touch, touch him, Lord, and bless him, anoint him fresh from the crown of his head, to the, to the bottom of his feet, Lord. I pray, oh Lord, that you keep him safe. I pray against every attack of the enemy. I rebuke it. And I pray, Lord Jesus, you will fill him up with your spirit and truth. Uh, edification, Lord, will come for his lips, Lord. Father, I pray that you transform his words, Lord, that we may understand and, and uh, understand, Lord, your, your message for tonight. Please, I pray. As we are taught too, Lord, I pray that you will grow Pastor Saul as well and, and envelope him, Lord, in your, in your gospel, in the position you have called him to be, Lord, to preach, to, to, to war, Lord, with you, Lord Jesus. 
So, Lord God, we give you this service tonight, and we pray, Lord, that you will take it back from us and have thine own way. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for all that you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. With thanksgiving, Lord, and mercies. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Right, brethren, so without further ado, uh, just to greet everyone and welcoming everyone, and I pray that everyone has had a good day so far. Um, we are having Pastor Saul tonight. He's definitely going to continue. Uh, last week, if you guys were on, we definitely continued um, part two of, of, of his session there upon the, the, the sin problem. And we're going to have questions after. But with, without further ado, we're, before anything, we're going to have Sister Walters. Uh, she's just going to sing our special music for tonight. And Sister Walters, if you're there, could you just press star star to unmute your phone? Okay. Good evening. Happy Thursday afternoon. Good evening. And um, yes, good evening. I'm here. And I'm going to be singing Love Lifted Me. And I pray that love will lift each and every one of us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard of my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me, now safe I am. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, marriage my soul best song. Faithful love and service to, to him belong. Soul in danger, look above. Jesus completely saved. He will lift you by his love out of the angry wave. He's the master of the sea. He loves his will obey. He your service wants to be. Be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. 
Amen. Amen. Love lifted me. Mercy, when nothing else can help, could help. Love had lifted me. Sister Walters, thank you for your song of meditation. We appreciate you. We love you. And we pray that the Lord will continue to keep your voice as you continue to um, meditate songs of love and of Christ. We thank you. And uh, Sister Walters, we just want to thank you for that. Yes. And without um, anything else, I just want to introduce, introduce the pastor for uh, anyone else that has just came on for the first time. We are having Pastor Saw come on tonight. He's a man of God who loves the Lord and is dedicated to um, sharing the word of God, breaking it down, you know, making it able for us to digest and for all for us to come closer to the Lord. So we just want to welcome a man of God. Come forth. Pastor Saw, just press star, star to unmute your phone. Okay, thank you, Brother Sean. Can you hear me? Praise the Lord. Yes, we can. Amen. Okay, I am praying that I will restore and hold this connection strong. Sometimes the reception is poor in this area, so I'm praying for power. Can you clearly there once again? So hear me? Amen. Are we okay? Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you, Brother Sean. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Okay. Thank you for the the uh, words of introduction to God's glory. Thank you, Sister Walters, that felt song. And uh, we want once again to the Bible study uh, hour, hour of power, uh, the study of His Word and through prayer. And uh, we're grateful that uh, we can continue. I know that um, every Thursday we have different Bible studies. You know, sometimes they're series. Sometimes they're clustered together. And uh, so the last time I left off, we were studying mind of Christ, how to have it. This is our third segment of the study, third part of it. And uh, so we're going to have one more part. Uh, the next time we meet. So I was going to finish it off today, but I don't like to run through something without uh, us not only uh, receiving it, but understanding it. And so, as they say, you know, uh, when we sit down to eat a meal, we should thoroughly masticate. They used to say, oh, 32 times. And uh, that's a lot, that's quite a lot of chewing for one, one mouthful of food. But that's um, God's word. We want to thoroughly uh, chew it, digest it, and uh, allow it to take its effect to nourish our souls and nurture our spiritual growth. So, without further have a word of prayer, and uh, I want to ask God to bless us as we open for just one more time. Will you join me in prayer? Join me in prayer this evening yet once again. Oh, loving Lord Jesus, you are the living word. And we want to live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. As we come to you, Lord, we are so unworthy. 
but we thank you that Jesus of all is worthy. Lord, as we come to you, Lord, I come, Lord, I recognize my own shortcomings and my feelings and my sins are before me, but I thank you that we have... And so I call upon you, Lord, that you would wash me and cleanse me. And as I, we open your words, we claim your promise in Psalm 119, verse 130, that the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. I ask now that you will remove every distraction, that you alone will be our main attraction. We will hear your voice and your words that we study with words of life that will impart, Lord, uh, that life-giving substance so that we can grow in faith ever to you as we behold you. May we be changed, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, thank you so much, my brothers and sisters, for joining us. And I want to pick from the last time. So I'm going to just recap briefly what we talked about, just to refresh our memories. And for those who have come on uh, fresh or new into the city, uh, this will be helpful too. So the last time we were talking about Jesus being tempted, being tempted in all points like as we are, and also his uniqueness uh, being 100% human, but also 100% divine. It is the mystery of godliness, right? The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And you can read the text further, but I'll just use that as a reference point. So that was a, a wonderful text, and this is a study of a lifetime, the study of not only the nature and the character of God, but the science of salvation and redemption. And it is, it is the most fascinating study. So we learned that Jesus is a near and dear Savior. He's not someone who is afar off or aloof, but he knows what it means to struggle, to experience pain and hunger and being tempted. And yet, he gave us a godly example, a living example that we could follow. And we also establish a point that sometimes many Christians and many believers, even Advent, Adventist Christians and believers, uh, fully don't understand or do not understand fully the importance of Jesus' humanity. His humanity, in fact, we there's a quotation from the Spirit of Prophecy that says, uh, the humanity of Christ means everything to us. Now that's a loaded statement, but it means that I, you and I, lean on his everlasting arms. When I am weak, I can go to him, I can fall at his feet, I can lean on him. When, when, when I'm weary, I can lean on him to know that he is present, that he understands and that he can carry you and I through. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus our Lord. And so we continue on. Jesus' life that was supposed to be impossible to live, but Jesus proved that with God, the impossible 
is possible. You hear that? Jesus proved that with God, the impossible is possible. And so because of his victory over sin, the way is now prepared for God to work the impossible in our lives. You know, we've been seeing many impossible situations, God coming through and making it possible. We've seen breakthroughs and prayers, people's lives being delivered from the enemy of souls. We, we've seen impossible situations becoming possible. Why? Because God has left us the power through the Holy Spirit so that his work can be accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. So, the question now as we transition into this third part of the study this evening, brothers and sisters, here it is. How can God do the impossible in us? How can God do the impossible in you and me? That's the question. You know, when I look at my life, and perhaps if we all look at our lives, and we were to be honest with ourselves, if we were to examine our lives and look honestly and take an inventory of our lives, and see ourselves are. Sometimes we don't want to do it because we might feel ashamed. Sometimes we don't want to do it because it's a bit messy and it's ugly and and it's shameful and embarrassing and that's all right. We're born and shaped in iniquity, but thanks be to God, we have a complete Savior. We have forgiveness found with the Lord, that there is still a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. I, I, I just want to say that as, as sorrowful as we must be for our sins and as penitent as we must be for our sins, we must also come, as the Bible tells us, to the throne of grace that we might find mercy and grace to help time of need, Hebrews 4.12. So, since we're all sinners, we're all sinners, not by birth or by inheritance or by bad luck, but by our own choices to do things our way instead of God's way. So we are born and shaped into iniquity. But here's what the, in uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 if you have your Bibles, Romans 3, and you could write it down, jot it down. It says, text that you all, most of you all know, not all. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we know that verse, it says it very clearly that we're all sinners. And uh, we have made choices that have sinned. Now, um, we, when we born, when a child is born into this world, are they sinners by inheritance? Well, let's take a moment to process that. I'd argue and believe that, yes, uh, as David says, we are born and shaped iniquity. And then we inherit, you know, uh, sins, generational sins, you know, inherited tendencies from uh, our family and all that. So, 
yes, we born we're born into a world where our human nature is inclined and bent to sin. No question about it. Now, here is an interesting point that you know, although we are born into a world of sin, and born with the propensity to sin, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have sin. What I mean by that is that sin involves a choice. And so it's interesting, because when you come to think about all those who have died, say babies, unborn, or born and they died, um, how will God judge Well, only God knows that. We can't speculate, and I don't ever want to speculate in any way. But we trust God that he knows best, and he's the judge of all. But what we do know is this. Simply what the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short or fallen short of the glory of God. And we also know in Romans 6.23, another verse, that the wages of sin is death. So this is what we can conclude. By our own choices, we deserve uh, to be excluded forever because from the eternal life that God has planned for the human race because we have sinned by choice. It is only when we realize our, uh, shall we say, our desperate situation that we reach out to God for forgiveness and for, for deliverance from our hopeless condition. And this is, this, is, this is what salvation is. We cannot, God does not force his salvation on any human being. He does not force his will on any human being. God has given us the freedom of choice, the power of choice. What a privilege, what an honor God has given to us. And in God's infinite love, he has provided a way out for our condition. And we need to find his remedy rather than a human invention or human invented remedy, which only feels good, uh, but does not really save us from ultimate destruction. You know, there are many people who say, well, you know, if I do good works, if I do good, do good deeds, I must be winning the favor of God. And there are many people, even within uh, Adventism, that believe but they don't say it, but by their words and actions, they uh, believe that if they do some good works, you know, it will be all right. If they tip the offering plate, if they give here and there, and they help out, then you know what? They're standing with God. But here's, here's what we need to understand. That is not how God saves us. Now, we are saved to serve. So let me let me let me break that down. What I mean is that when we exercise faith, the faith will activate us and motivate us to do good works, but it is not because we do it in order to be saved, we do it because we have been saved. We serve God and serve others because we love him. And his love, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14, the love of Christ constrains us. In other words, it compels us. When God's love is, is, fills our hearts, then we feel and we are 
able to show compassion and love to those who are in need and who are less who are less fortunate than us. So here's a text I want to share with you. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. If you have your Bibles, you can turn them there with me, please. And you can write it down for your future reference. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. And I'm going to read that for you. Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. Here is the word of the Lord. The Bible says, and they said, well, let's go to verse, uh, verse 30. And this is the context of um, Paul and Silas that were beaten and they were jailed in the prison, the prison guard or the prison keeper. Verse 30 says, and brought them out and said, sirs, this is what he's referring to Paul and Silas. This is the, uh, the guard. He said, sirs, what must I do to save? Verse 31 says, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Wow. Beautiful. What an assurance. What an assurance. A simple but profound. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just an acknowledgement, but a complete uh, surrender and a complete, not just with the with a mental assent, but with one's whole mind, the entire being. So the first step is to believe in the great price Jesus our sins. There's a text in uh, Isaiah 53 verse 6 I wanted to share with you. You can write that one down as well. It says, "All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way." And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the question is, how can we help but love the one who gave his life for us and repent of the sins that nailed him to the cross? Let me read that again. I, I, I'm going to repeat myself here. It says, how can we help but love the one who gave his life for us and repent of the sins that nailed him to the cross. Let's go to Romans chapter 2, verse 4, please. If you have your Bibles, would you kindly turn them there with me and you could write that down for your reference. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord. The Bible says, Romans 2, verse 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering? not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. Praise be to God. Somebody ought to say amen. It says, not knowing that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. Oh, when we think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for us, when we think about his mercies, his protection, his provisions, day in and day in, the goodness of God that should lead you and I, lead me to repentance and recognize I am unworthy, but I thank God that he makes us worthy through his precious blood. What a Savior. Oh, glory to God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Listen, so here we go. We continue on. You and I can do nothing to change our past choices. We repent. When we repent, 
which means not only to be sorry of our sins, but to turn away from our sins. Allows us to experience His forgiveness. Pardons us. You know what text that gives me that assurance? Let's go to First John chapter one verse nine. If you the Bibles, you can turn them there with me, and you got it down. Uh, for your future reference, First John chapter one verse nine. Here is a beautiful and assuring promise of God. If we, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from. It says all unrighteousness. Amen. Praise be to God. I love this verse again. Another verse that I love. God is more than willing to forgive us because he is faithful and he is just. What a wonderful Savior. What an amazing God. Uh, in the following verse, I, I want to give you another scripture reference. Isaiah 55, verse 7. In fact, if we go to verse 6, it says, uh, Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. Praise be to God. So, we are no longer guilty sinners. This work that Jesus accomplished for us at the cross when he died was to make us right with God through his sacrifice. We call that justification. Justification means to be made righteous, to be made right. So when Jesus died for you and I, guess what, brothers and sisters? And listening friends, he made us right with God, his Father, through him. In fact, he made us righteous even before we became righteous. Lord have mercy. You're not seeing what I'm saying. That's how much faith God has in one eye, his creation. We must also believe and claim that faith and exercise that faith that God has given to us, that he has demonstrated to us and so freely given. He declares us righteous even before we become righteous because of his accomplished work, his atoning sacrifice at the cross of Calvary. What an amazing God we serve. So, there are no good deeds or efforts that we can provide. What Jesus did for us in his atonement is absolute, is complete. We cannot add anything to it or take away from it. In fact, Romans 3, chapter 3, verse 24. If you have your Bibles, you can turn them there with me. Romans 3, 24. And uh, you can write it down. It says this. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. And then in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. I, I just... Actually, I really love the book of Romans. It's, 
in fact, it, it could have been considered a gospel. It's so clear. It gives us such a clear uh, picture and understanding and meaning of of uh, gospel and what Jesus accomplished for us uh the cross and his salvation. It says, verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith. What does it say? Therefore being what? Justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then, in the same book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 3, it says this. I'm going to read it for you. Romans, chapter 12, verse 3. Are you ready for it? It says, Romans 12, verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Wow. Are you seeing that? God has given to each one of us a measure of faith. And so even for a person who's never uh, been exposed to the 28 fundamental doctrines of the church and to the Gospels in full, each one is given a measure of faith. Now, that measure of faith, if we are to measure it, I mean, it's hard to quantify it, right? It's hard to say what is the exact amount or quantity, but the measure of faith, think of it as a seed, a seed of faith. And like any seed that is given or planted, it needs to be nurtured, it needs to be nourished, it needs to be fertilized, it needs to be cultivated in order for its potential to be unleashed. Likewise, this measure of faith, this endowment of faith, as it were, I, I probably like to call it a deposit of faith, in order to get the highest returns on the investment, you've got to, well, as they say, no, you know, if you don't invest it, then, you know, there will be no return. So we have to work the faith, exercise the faith, invest the faith. And as it grows from that measure of faith, then that's how we become stronger in our faith. But if we don't exercise that faith and use that faith, the faith becomes dormant. And ultimately, of course, um, the faith then dies. There is no faith, ultimately. If you leave a seed long enough and you don't grow it, plant, water it, fertilize it, doesn't get sunlight, guess what happens? The seed will eventually die. So when we exercise that faith, believing and trusting in the promises of His Word, we receive peace with God. How do we know this? Well, let's go to John chapter 14, verse 27. Can you please turn with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14? And we will look at verse 27. John 14, verse 27. Let's see what the Word of God says. John 14, verse 27. Here it is. Says peace with you, my peace 
I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. Oh, brothers and sisters, I want that peace right now. How you? I want that peace of God that passes all understanding to keep my heart and mind to Christ Jesus. Philippians, of course, chapter 4, verse, verse 7 tells us that. Oh, to have the peace of God. Jesus says, I give it peace. Peace. Not as the world is, but as I give it to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Let it be afraid. The peace of God. The shalom of God. Jehovah, shalom. The God of peace. Once you to experience this, isn't this, brothers and sisters, think about it. You die. No matter what we're going through, we can have the peace of God. And how do we have the peace of God? Well, to have the peace of God is really to have the presence of God in our lives. So we can safely say that when you and I have the presence of God, we can experience the peace of God. Amen? I hope you believe it. I hope you believe it out there. So, Let's carry on in our study. But as with all parts of God's saving gospel, I've got to tell you that some have sought to fabricate or to counterfeit great salvation. Some Christians limit justification to forgiveness alone. Let me say that again. There are some Christians that limit or they try to put a limit or place a limit on justification to be only forgiveness. They forget that forgiveness is only half of justification. Their view is a partial solution problem. So what is the second part of justification? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Let me share with you from the Word of God. Let's go to Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Here's another text I'd like you to write down for future reference. But for now, if you have the Bibles, please turn with me to Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. It is in response to the question, what is the second part of justification? Are you ready? I'm going to read it for you. The Word of God says, Titus, chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Titus, chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. And I read in your hearing, Titus, chapter 3, verses 7. The Bible says, not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to the, his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. He knew the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Verse 6, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then verse 7, here it is. I like this. It says, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope 
eternal life. Oh, glory to the Lamb of God. Did you hear that? Come on, brothers and sisters. Here is Paul. We hear him writing in Romans, and now consistently is his message. Then he re-echoes it and we, in, in, in his letter, his epistle to Titus. This is beautiful. Consistent in his theology, consistent in his big understanding. He lets us know that we are justified by grace and that we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So, to be justified includes not just forgiveness, includes cleansing of regeneration and the renewal of the mind. Somebody ought to say amen. Did, did you hear that out there? You see, many popular churches, they just preach, oh, yes, once saved, always saved, and, and, and you're justified forgiveness, but they don't go on to the, the next important part of justification, and that is regeneration and renewal. Yes, it's wonderful to be forgiven, but if we remain the same way as we are, then how could we ever become overcomers in the name of Jesus and through his precious blood? You see, the Lord, our Lord and Savior, has made ample and abundant provisions for you and I. That's why the gospel is complete. That's why we call it the everlasting gospel. This is what we believe. This is what we preach. So, we find even in Romans, Paul, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul talks about and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. I pray God every day, Lord, please renew my mind. I want my mind every day to be regenerated and, and renewed and purified. Because if left to sin, my mind is prone, my soul is prone to wander. My mind goes off. But we thank God that if we keep our eyes on Jesus and as we surrender and yield our will to him, him, he can renew our mind. He can cleanse and purify and regenerate our minds. So, this, my brothers and sisters, the heart experience, we call it, this is, this is where complete transformation takes place. It changes my perception. It changes our attitude. It changes our even values. No longer am I and no longer are we self-centered. Instead of being self-centered, when our minds are daily being renewed and regenerated, it is now moving from being self-centered to being Christ-centered. Somebody ought to say amen. Praise be to God. I want God to, to, to continue to go on and do his work. So, so through this regeneration, from being self-centered to Christ-centered, and from being Christ-centered, we become other-centered. In other words, that's how we can have the bowels of mercy and compassion for those perishing in darkness. We become, we begin to have a burden soul, soul, the souls for our family members, even strangers alike. That is the love of God. You see, when God died, when the Bible says, for God so loved the world, we only begin to scratch the surface to understand how could God love a world 
that hated him, that doesn't even know him, that has even rejected him. Sometimes, as I look back in my own life, I've dishonored God and, and, and made decisions that have displeased God, but I want to say, what a wonderful Savior. What a merciful Savior. What a long-suffering Savior we have. And what a privilege he invites us into to have the mind of Christ. That's Philippians 2 verse 5. He says, now let this mind be in you. Let the mind of Christ be assimilated, be absorbed. How is it? By focusing, by having eyes only for Jesus, holding him daily, moment by moment as we behold him, we become changed. This is the power of the living God. So we can have the mind of Christ. And then then 1 John 2 verse 6 tells us something. You know, I'm going to turn there to 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. 1 John 2 verse 6. Oh, yes. Let's hear this beautiful verse. It says, 1 John 2 6 says this. He that saith and he, if he abides in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Oh, there's a song that says, Oh, Master, let me walk with thee. Would you, brothers and sisters, like to walk even as Jesus walked? Would you like to walk, have a walk with the Lord? He talk with Jesus. We ought to walk as he walked in his footsteps. By his example, that's the way we ought to walk and live our lives. Our lives begin to represent and begin to demonstrate the true love and heart of God, his character. So, how did Jesus describe the salvation process? Well, do you remember the verse in John 3, verse 3? I'm just going to quickly read it for you, but you can write it down and reference it again. John 3, verse 3. Jesus told a certain member of the Sanhedrin Council, do you remember? His name was Nicodemus. He came to Jesus. I like to call it night school. He came to night school. How many of you have been to night school before? I know I went to night school. I went to night school in, uh, in, in, in uh, high school and also university because I wanted to fast track. I wanted to get uh, some courses in and complete it so that I could uh, pace myself for the rest of the year. So I, I went to night school. So Nicodemus came to Jesus, uh, enrolled in his night school program. And Jesus told him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And of course, we know how Nicodemus said, well, that is impossible. How can a man go back into his mother's womb? Of course, Jesus was not implying that. Jesus said was referring to the spiritual rebirth and spiritual regeneration. So Jesus used the word vacation as Paul did, but he clearly taught the principle of the new birth. So the new birth does not follow justification. It actually is justification. Did you hear that? All right. See, I, I didn't fully, I didn't never fully grasp it, grasped it myself, but as I continued to study this subject more and more, I began to see it's right there in the Gospels. 
Jesus never used the word justification. I mean, Jesus, Jesus never used all these big words. He, he could have. He is the Lord and Master. He's the, he's the commander-in-chief. He could, have, he could have come as an intellectual, but that was not our greatest need. You know, he came to seek and save that which is lost. And so he met the people where they were. This is the golden rule. Jesus met people where they were at their point of need. So, going back, the new is actually that is what you call the regeneration, the mind, information of the heart. So, we find Paul echoing it in Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. I'll read for you Romans chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. What a wow. I love it. I love it. Hope you love this too. Romans chapter 6, 6 and 7. Make sure you take note of it. It is so powerful. Wow. Romans 6, 6 and 7. It says in verse 7, For he that is dead is freed from sin. So when we're dead to sin, when we have crucified the flesh, when we have buried the flesh, thanks be to God, we are liberated from the power of sin through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is, is the, the active, powerful force of God is the third member of the Godhead. And Jesus has left the Comforter so that the work of conviction and conversion can take place. That's the power of God through the Holy Spirit. That is it right there, brothers and sisters. It says here the old man. What is the old man? Well, the old man is our old human nature. The old way of living. Which in which selfishness ruled our lives. That's what Jesus is talking about. The old, old nature, that old nature that is uh, carnal, that is enmity with God. That's what he's talking about. And so I love the other verse. There's another verse. Um, you will like this one. It, it's found in Second Corinthians five verse seventeen. And many of you know this, and it's such a powerful verse. And when you feel discouraged, or when you feel nothing's happening in your life, remember this verse. Remember Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says, you know this wonderful text. I'm going to read it for you. It says, therefore, if any man, if any person, being he is a new creation or creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is a power and the essence of the gospel. This old sin, this old man, I am replaced by this new creation. Just as the old man and sinning are the same or synonymous, similar, so the new creation and obedience are synonymous or the same. So let me repeat myself there. It says, I want to say, just as the old nature and sinning are hand in hand, so does the new creation uh, or the new nature that God 
something in us, an obedience, they go hand in hand. So when we're truly born again, when we're truly regenerated, we slowly, not, well, I would say especially slowly, but we consistently have a desire for the things of God and less things of sin. In fact, God begins to take away our desires of sin and replaces the desires for truth, for holiness, and for righteousness. That's the truth. I'm going to give you some other verses that you can write down and check because of the interest of time. I want to give you Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 20, 26 and 27. That refers to God taking away our heart of stone, giving us a heart of flesh, the heart that he changes. So Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. And I want to give you First John chapter 3, verse 7. And then I want to give you Romans chapter 2, verse 13. So, in fact, uh, I'm going to just look at those two verses and then wrap up a, a concept here because I don't want to start. There's another section that I don't want to start right now because of the interest of time. I'd rather keep it uh, focused on this part of the study so that we can digest that which we have heard. So let's go to these last few verses, and um, we will wrap it up here. Let's go to Ezekiel 36, uh, 26 and 27. Ezekiel 36. Many of you know this verse. It's a beautiful passage of Scripture, and uh, it will just reinforce and renew our minds with his word. Ezekiel chapter 6, verses 26 and 27. Here's the word of the Lord. It says this. A new heart also will I, and a new spirit will I put within you. Take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, that you shall keep my judgments and do them. Praise be to God. God wants to do this work in our lives if we will allow him, if we will just yield, if we will surrender to his power. Let's drop the three verses. Let's go to First John. First John chapter 3. First John 3 verse 7. And I read for you, it says, Little children, let no deceive you. He that do righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Wow. And we, our righteousness, of course, the Bible says, as filthy rags, so it is Christ's righteousness that is working in us and through us. For you know the text in Romans, sorry, Philippians chapter two. Verse 13, I like this one here. Well, in fact, I'm, I want to end on that one. I'm going to end on that one. So let's go to Philippians uh, chapter 2. I like this one here. I'm going to end on this verse. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Here it is. Be encouraged. I love this verse. Another, another wonderful verse. It says this. 
For it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Isn't that wonderful? Brothers and sisters, as we just wrap it up, I want to say this, that this is what God wants to do in us and through us. He wants to work in us and through us. If we will come down, if we will yield, if we will surrender, if we will confess, if we will fall at his feet, he says, this is the work you will do in us and through us. I really, I really want to experience that change day by day. How about you, my brothers and sisters? Uh, Philippians 2.13, please take a note of that. And uh, I do want to just read maybe this very, uh, I'm going to just, no, I'm going to stay on that verse. I want us to meditate on that one. For it is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. May God continue to go on and work in our lives to make us more like him. Because when he returns, may he see his character formed in us. May we bear his character. May he reproduce his character in us. For this is the whole sum and substance of salvation. As we were created in the image and likeness of God, and because of sin, it disfigured and defaced the image of God. God's work is to restore that image and likeness in us. So you know the saying that goes, God formed us. Sin deformed us. But salvation through Christ by faith transforms us. May God continue to go on and work in us and work through us for his honor and for his glory. Until we meet again for our next study, in Jesus' name, may God bless you. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Saul, for that um, great Bible study. Um, That was part three. Mercy on how to have the mind of Christ. Yes, keep it coming, Pastor. I definitely want the mind of Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, it is a daily battle. We have to um, continually guard our minds. And uh, by doing that, we have to go into the word, seek it. Um, with 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 the intention to to grow to know the Lord, because truly it's as we're talking the Bible study, we do get that peace from God when we abide in His Word and through His presence. Amen. Uh, I just want to thank Pastor Saul once again for that great Bible study. We know that um, the Word of God is our treasure. It is our life. It's more than air and food. Amen. And, um, you know, we're going to be opening up the lines now uh, for those that are online, for those, all those that have called in today. Guys, we welcome you. Uh, this is now the time where you can unmute your phone and throw in a comment, throw in um, there are any questions you've been waiting to answer, something you've been pondering. Uh, guys, folks, we invite you to uh, share your opinion. We definitely want to hear your voice. Pastor Saul would love to answer you. We'll just have a short discussion with any of you guys. Please feel free to press star star to unmute your phone. We know we have callers from the U.S. as well. 
anyone on the US line, you can feel free to press star star and unmute your phone. Um, and anyone from Canadian line, we have a lot of callers from Toronto. Amen, Toronto, Canada. Uh, that's where we are based and that's where our um, programs are, uh, are recorded as well. Uh, for those who do not know, um, Pastor Saw had mentioned Philippians uh, 2, verse 5, the mind of Christ. And here it says, let the mind of Christ be in you. Mercy, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we know in a praying ministry, oftentimes we use this one scripture here for those that are going through um, spiritual warfare in their mind, in their thoughts. But the power of that verse, the, the word of the Lord, when you pray that, that, that prayer, brethren, you claim that verse, let the mind of Christ be in you. Mercy, mercy, it is powerful. And it will definitely, the Lord will definitely hear your prayer and help you to have that humble mind and thoughts when you're just bombarded. So we give God thanks as we continually seek to have the mind of Christ. As, it, uh, as we were saying earlier, that the righteousness is truly from Christ alone. We cannot do it on our own. Um, that it's Christ who brings that transformation when, once we invite him in, when we start focusing on him and we start to find out. Back then, I was, I was focusing on myself, what, what, I've been, what, I, what kind of life have I been living? Christ is so good. It's so good to serve others. Mercy. If anyone just wants to share a testimony of their love for Christ, how Christ has changed their lives, um, we'd love to hear what Christ has done for you. We'd love to hear what um, he has revealed to you in his word um, as you've been reading it, as you've been listening to the scriptures tonight, as Pastor saw. Just please press star star and unmute your phone and we'll be able to hear you. We know that um, usually we have. Go ahead, my brother. Yeah. It's the Lord. Yeah. Good evening um, from Toronto. Um, yeah, I would just um, encourage to know that you know we cannot overcome things on our own. You know, we Christ has overcome it for us, according to Philippians two, thirteen. You understand? It is His will and His pleasure to do. You know what we can do for ourselves. I'm just paraphrasing. Um, you know, so on top it off with Philippians um three five, you know, it's really encouraging, especially in a, a, a pandemic where so many things have been happening, so many people have been becoming cold, you know, discouraged, um, without hope. So, you know, having listening to Pastor Saw this evening, um, it, it sort of encourages me personally and I'm um, I hope it does the same for others as we await the soon coming of Jesus Christ and prepare our heart that he can live in our uh, prepare um that we, he can live in our lives and to direct us and you know it won't be long now and um it's very encouraging. Thank you. 
Amen, Brother Frank. Brother Thank Frank, you. it's so good to hear your voice. <laughs> Thank you. I am so happy to hear your voice, Brother Frank. This is your orders. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Amen. Amen. Yes, um, Brother Frank. Thank you for that. There, um, it was encouraging to have uh, you, Pastor Saul. We thank you. It definitely encouraged us to uh, encourage others. Amen. To pure our hearts uh, for for Christ to live in our life. I think that's what you were aiming for tonight, Pastor Saul. It was um, definitely. Definitely um, heart impacting. Amen. Uh, as I was saying earlier, uh, uh, it, Brother Sean, I just want to thank God for the study tonight and thanking uh, Pastor Saul um, for making it, you know, very. Um, to us, you know, that we can grasp it and, you know, put it in our thoughts, thought process. But um, I know that this is not, I have a burning um, in my heart on one particular text, and I never can, you know, understand it. And um, it rather touched us all if you could just answer this for me. Um, it's the one that says, God is not a God of the dead, but a God of the living. And then it names um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So can you please fill me in? What does it mean by he's not a God of the dead, but of the living? But still, it mentions Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they're not alive. They're dead. So can you please help me to understand what that, what does that text mean? Thanks. Okay. Thank you, my dear sister, Moses, for sharing that. Let's, let's go to uh, the scriptures. Can you hear me? Amen. Yes, we yes can. I can. Okay, wonderful. Let's go to the scriptural reference. Uh, so let's go to, um, I think it's found in Mark chapter 12, verse 27. Let's go to Mark chapter 12, verse 27. I believe it's found there, if I'm not mistaken. Mark 12, verse 27. Let's see what the Word of God says there. Yes, okay. Yeah, I think this is it here, yes. Mark chapter 12, verse 27. It says, wait, hold on. Is this right? Mark chapter 12? Yeah, Mark chapter 12, verse 27. Yes. It says here, it says in 27, uh, he is not the God of the dead, but the God of of the living you therefore do greatly err so if we go back to uh, the preceding verses it talks about 
the resurrection. There were question questionings from the Sadducees that were coming to Jesus, talking to him about the resurrection. So even if we go back to verse 18, they asked him, saying, if a person, a brother die, verse 19, and leave his wife behind him and leave no children, they were tr trying to ensnare Jesus. And if we come down to verse 23, we see in the resurrection, verse 20 says, 23 says, resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall be of them? For their seven had her to wife. And Jesus answered and said unto him, do you not therefore err, because you know not the scriptures out of the power of God? Verse 25 says, for they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor give in marriage, but are, the, are as the angels which are in heaven, and as touching the dead, that they rise. Have you not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And then Jesus says, he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. So, again, here's the context. In other words, Jesus was making a point that he is, number one, that he is a living God. That he is not the God of the dead. Amen. You see, there are many people who worship false gods and those gods that are made out of idols and stones and 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 uh, material things. But here is God who transcends. He's a living God. He is the resurrection and the life. And so he was trying to point them to a deeper understanding of who he is. Um, and then we find the same verse that is recorded again in Luke 20, verse 38. And um, it says here, Luke chapter uh, 20, verse 38. Um, Dr. Luke records it in verse chapter 20, verse 38 as, For he is not a God of the dead, but of the living. For all live unto him. So it is interesting. He is saying that in this verse, that even from here, that those who die in this life, who believe in him, this is just but a sleep. And that he will bring them to life because he is the God of the living. He is the resurrection and the life. Jesus himself said that of himself. So they were simply trying to ensnare the Lord. And uh, they were trying to, um, because some of them don't believe in the full resurrection. And they, they, of course, didn't believe that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. They called him an imposter. And they then they called they said to him that he was blasphemous, right? So he was trying to help them to understand that before their eyes he was the resurrection and the life. And so that's essentially the main meaning um, uh, of that verse that he is the eternal God, he reveals the power of God, he is the living God, and even in his death. Um, that he would rise again. So he was trying to help them understand the true, underst help them to understand the true teaching of uh, the resurrection. Amen. Thank you so much. Now it's clear to me. Um, thank you. Thank so you, much. my sister. I hope and pray it's clearer. Yes. 
So, yes, so yes, in other yes. words, yeah, in other words, <laughs> that um, God, God, you know, people, okay, think that, okay, well, okay, well, how could he be the God of the dead? Well, we know that God does not delight in the death of anyone. He is the God of living because he is life. And so in his presence, there is, there is life. There is not death in his presence. So he cannot be the God of the dead. He's the God of the living because wherever he is, there is life. Whatever he touches, there is life. Speaks into existence, there is life. So he's not the God of the dead. So that's what it is meaning. So yes, you're getting me all excited now even further on this topic. Yes. Amen. Thank you God so much. Living. Thank you, thank you. He's a God of the living. Amen. Amen. God of the living. Amen. Amen. It's Brother Sean. Yeah. Yes, Brother Patrick, go ahead. If I may add to what Pastor Sean said also, remember the scripture that says, let the dead bury the dead. You know what mm. I mean? So you can take it another level to say, um, God is not focusing on the dead. Uh, and, and it can be the physical dead that you die, but also spiritually dead. You know, let the dead bury the dead. Focus on growth. Focus on living, the living word. Focus, change yeah. your focus. So you can interpret that many different ways. Let the dead bury the dead. You know what I mean? You know, because God is a God of life. He's saying, let us fertilize and focus on the living God, who is the resurrection, as Pastor Sarr said, who comes to give us life and to give us eternal life, give us abundant life. He said, let's get our priorities right. So I think we have to learn from that, that we need to focus on the living God. Amen, amen. Amen. Mercy, and we had those ref. Thank you, Brother Patrick. And we had uh, those reference. We thank you, Pastor Saul. Mark 12, 27, and Luke 20, 38. And also uh, what Brother Patrick had brought on there. Uh, Let the dead bury the dead. Mercy, all-powerful scripture. And we know that Christ does not sleep. He lives. As we were saying, is it, you can't keep Christ in the grave. You, you can't put him down. He's just That's right. he's a living Savior. Amen. Amen. He's a living Savior, Pastor Saul. You can't keep him down, even though they try. <laughs> mercy. Amen. Mercy, mercy. You can't keep him down. <laughs> no, sir. Mercy. Yes, and you know, this Bible study, um, the mind of Christ, it, it's powerful. And, you know, it, it brings to mind um, Pastor, I don't know if he's on, Pastor Williams is testimony there uh, for those who didn't hear how he was in jail and he he went mad in the jail and um and it's not because of the the 40 years he was facing um but because he he was fearing that god would not forgive him but through the word of god was he saved and he brought there was transformation in his mind in his thoughts even came to his countenance when he was set free. Mercy, mercy, how the word of God changes us. Not also, not also inward, but outward. Mercy, mercy. So for those, uh, if there's anyone else 
that wants to um, bring up any questions or comments or testify of Christ. This Bible study is on the mind of Christ. And we have Pastor Saw on wait for any of anyone who wants to uh, unmute their phone. Just press star star. Unmute your phone there. Okay, if no one wants to ask any questions, I know I have a question for you, Pastor Saul. Uh, in your Bible study there, you were talking about, uh, in his, I think it was Ezekiel 6, 26, and 27. And you were talking about that scripture where it talks about a new heart and a new spirit uh, God will put with, within us, that, he may keep, that we sorry, may keep his commandments and walk in his statutes. I just wanted you to kind of break that down for me. Um, I, I, I understand it from a general perspective, but how does, is it saying that we don't have his spirit already? That we're not able to walk in his commandments and keep his statutes? What is it saying, Pastor Saul? Is he saying that um, without his spirit, we're not able to do his, his will? That, that scripture mm -hmm. there. Okay. Thank you, Brother Sean. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is a beautiful text. So, um, in other words, it, he's talking about our condition. Um, you know, because of sin, uh, our hearts have been hardened. And we have, you know, when our hearts are at enmity with God, then we focus on those things that are opposite of God or in opposition to God. So if we are not, if our hearts are not desirous or naturally desires to worship God, then we worship other things, other idols and stones and other, you know, gods that are not the true and living God. So God wants to change our hearts. And so in other words, when he says, I will give you a new heart, and put a new spirit uh, within you. He's talking about the work of regeneration, the work of transformation. It's amazing. It's found in the Old Testament, and it's again reinforced and re-echoed in the New Testament. And so, when he talks about, "I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk," in other words, it is the work that God does in us and through us by the Holy Spirit to change our complete. Uh, a complete nature because we need a, a you know there was a show called a uh, long time called extreme makeover huh. well this is more than just superficial you know it's extreme uh character extreme nature makeover so god is is replacing the old nature with the new nature the spiritual nature and the only way to do that is to change our minds you know, that's why he says, let this mind be in you, in you. That means it's the in Christ dwelling, the indwelling Christ, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that begins to change it. So it, it cannot just be, uh, you know, something around us. It doesn't say, let this mind be around you. It doesn't say, let this mind be uh, behind you or let this mind be above you or before you it says let this mind be in you and so to understand ezekiel it's simply 
just simply put, it is really talking about the new birth, the change of heart, the change of mind, and what God has the power to do in us and for us yes. and through us. So I hope that clears it up a little bit. It's a beautiful passage, but it really talks about um, the transformation, that this experience of salvation, the changing um, our minds and changing our hearts into what God wants it to be, to represent and reflect him. Amen. Yes, that definitely did um, clarify a lot for me. I, uh, I appreciate that clarity, uh, Pastor Saad. Thank you for that. Um, I know our hearts definitely do uh, daily, daily, daily. May you, may the Lord put um, his spirit within us daily. Thank God for that. So if there's anyone else on the line, I thought I heard a sister there earlier. Just press star star to unmute your phone. We are talk. We have a Bible study tonight, every Thursday. Um, every other week we have Bible study and prayer and praise sessions. And tonight we're having Bible study with Pastor Saw, part three on mind of Christ to have it. How do we obtain it? If there's any questions, as uh, before we close. Just press star star. And tomorrow morning at uh, 5 a.m. is uh, the next time we'll be on, brethren. Uh, we have Tuesday mornings at 5 and also Friday mornings at 5. We have our testimony time. We have our, uh, our special music in the morning, our opening scripture, and uh, a good half an hour or so for those who want to share testimony of what the Lord has done in your life. You know, this is a family help ministry, family help network, where we can all um, support one another, encourage one another, and we give God thanks for that. So as we are coming to a close here now, I just want to thank each and everybody for being on here uh, tonight. I'm just going to close with the word. Or Pastor Saul, would you like to do the the close closing prayer for us, please, and thank you? Okay, we sure can. We sure can. Amen. Sure can. All right. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Praise okay. the Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. Let's let's all pray together as we close our Bible study today and this session. Loving Heavenly Father, in the almighty and matchless name of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, your only begotten Son, our only Savior, whom to know is life eternal, we come to thank you for the privilege we have to study your words of life and truth, that we may understand you more, to discern your will, and know your will, and to follow and obey your word. We want to thank you for this evening's study. We want to thank you for what you accomplished for us at the cross of Calvary. Thank you for so great salvation. Thank you for your atoning sacrifice at the cross, O oh Lord, where we have been justified. And through your spirit, we are sanctified. For you've said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thank you that you're in the business of saving us 
from our sins and preparing us, O Lord, for eternity with you. I pray that you will bless each one here. I ask, O God, that your divine power will continue to work in and through us as we claim your promise of Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We yield our will to you tonight. If there are those who are struggling, those in the valley of decision, we pray that you will send victory through a breakthrough for them. We pray as we continue to pray for those who are struggling and who are grappling, Lord. We ask that you will bring them, O oh Lord, to the point of victory, that you will set them free through your precious blood because he that cometh to you, you said you will in no wise cast out. Thank you that you have the same power then, you have the same power today, and you are the same God yesterday, today, and will be forever. And so into your hands, O God of peace, Jehovah Shalom, we surrender our lives, are all to you. May you fill each one even now as we leave this prayer line with your love, with your joy and peace. May your divine protection be upon us. And may you keep us all under the shadow of your mighty wings. Oh, continue to work in us and through us. We love you, Lord. And Jesus, keep us near the cross. And we look forward to the day when you shall come soon and very soon in the clouds of glory and sin shall be no more and you will make all things new. We want to be ready on that great day. May we do all that we can and may you do all that because you have done all that you can to save us. Help us, Lord, to respond to this wonderful invitation. Continue to make us more like you until we have the privilege of seeing you face to face. Is our prayer in Jesus, almighty and loving and soon coming name we pray. Amen. 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 And dear Father in heaven, as I'm in full agreement with your son, Pastor Saul's prayer, Lord. Lord, we just want to thank you and praise your holy name. May you indeed, Lord, keep us and be with us, Lord, and definitely be our defense, Lord. Take away every... Um, everything that exalts itself against you, Lord, within and without ourselves, Lord, every idol, O oh God, please, O oh God. I pray, Lord, that you'll strengthen us, Lord. Give us the courage to do what you want, O oh God. Help us to be vigilant, O oh God, as we march on all together as Christian soldiers, Lord. Lord, we thank you and praise you. And Father, I pray that you be with everyone as they sleep as well. Lord, we give you thanks and praise. Bless the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen. Amen. So I just want to thank you guys for um, joining on with us tonight. We have come to an end. Pastor Saul, we thank you, and we um, just pray that you have a great night as well. And uh, you, you and your family will be safe in the Lord in these times. So, brethren, uh, the next time we will be on is 5 a.m. Uh, Eastern uh eastern time toronto where we will all fellowship and share testimonies and have a short word of devotion where we may start our day off so indeed we look forward to hearing your testimonies and um we welcome you tomorrow and tomorrow night as well where we welcome the sabbath at 9 p.m we'll have another session where we'll have another devotion where we have Brother Patrick going into the Word 
and discussing. And then towards the end, we'll definitely have your prayer request. So we pray that you guys will keep safe, keep strong in the Lord Jesus, and stay in the word. With further ado, we wish you guys a good night. What does it take to be free? Praise the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.